If the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I Spit in Your Grave, and Deliverance had a three-way, this movie would be the fucked-up love child spawned from that unholy union. We watched the 1980 Mother's Day. We watched it so you don't have to. So you know what time it is. Happy Mother's Day, Moon Goons. It is obviously Mother's Day, and this is the Horrible Horror Podcast, where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. Movies so bad, they're scary. I'm your host, Marshall Hampton. With me is my, as always, is my hetero life mate, Mr. Aaron Southworth. I like that one, hetero life mate, yeah. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day to our Moon Goon mommies out there. I know there's a couple. Uh, So, hey, you popped out some kids. That's probably one of the most horrific things I think that's ever happened in so congratulations, you're alive still. You know you didn't die like you would have been possibly in the Middle Ages, right? So right. good on you. <laughs> Way to raise brats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, this is Mother's Day, like we said three times now. So uh, <laughs> we dug up. Guess what movie we watched? Yeah. Guess what movie we uh, watched? The 1980 Mother's Day horror. Cult cult movie. It's yeah. fucking weird. I wouldn't call it a cult classic. No. I would call it a cult movie, a cult though. Cult movie, yeah, sure. I would call it a classic. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was released on September nineteenth of nineteen eighty, uh basic hour run hour thirty minute runtime. Um it's not the easiest thing to find, I don't believe. I found it on Amazon with a subscription to their side thing called Shutter. Um I know you can find it on disc in some places. I, I found it on Xbox, uh, the Microsoft streaming system. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Lucky you. Uh, I didn't look They there. had both the 2012 and 1980 version. All right. Awesome. Uh, so there you go. Um, it was written by Charles Kaufman and Warren Light and directed by Charles Kaufman. And if the Kaufman name sounds familiar, that's because this is Lloyd Kaufman's brother. Yes. Uh, and Lloyd Kaufman is the owner, founder, and all that of the Troma. The Troma King. Troma King. Yeah, we've done a couple Lloyd Kaufman films on here before. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the cast is really nothing to really brag about or talk about because most of the people have never really went on to do anything else. At, uh, and that's that's a Troma hallmark. I mean, they don't ever get big stars or big anything. They just kind of use... at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, the only people worth mentioning the cast is... Peter Fox, who plays Dauber, who is a really useless throwaway character in this movie. Um, only thing he noteworthy for horror fans is that he played Wilson in the movie Night of the Comet. So uh, there's a horror connection. And then the only other person that did anything really is Frederick Coffin, a.k.a. Holden McGuire, as he's known in this movie, huh. where he has 98 credits to his name. Uh, and some big movies, some big projects. He was in the Steven Seagal's Hard to Kill, Wayne's World, uh, the 2000, I think it was three movie identity and a bunch of TV spots and voiceover work. So he's the most successful of the cast. Did he do any X-Men voiceover work? I don't think it was X-Men, <laughs> but he might've done like a Spider-Man or something. I don't that's know. That's funny. Um, so that's really all there is to it for, you know, intro stuff. And who was he in the movie? He was he the guy he in the was, beginning? He, got, he was yeah. Ike. He was oh, Ike. Oh, okay. Um, 
All right, so let's jump into the movie. The movie itself opens at some like hippy, dippy, motivational speaking thing. Uh, yeah, it's like a room full of people. Yeah, and, and like, they look bored at first. They do look bored out of their fucking mind. Yeah, and then all of a sudden there's a guy on the stage and he's motivational speaker for EGO, the ego group. Yeah, which is like the Eugene Go. They didn't even say what the acronym was. No, there was yeah. a banner back where it did say. Like, no, I didn't read it. Yeah, there was a banner. Um, but it was, it was like Eugene Go Opportunities or something like that. It was something really stupid. Yeah. Um, so the crowd looks, yeah, bored as shit. But he says, go get them. You're all graduates. Yay! Yeah. So apparently this is like some class or something. Like, There's a lot of people in there, too. Yeah. It's, this seems like something that would definitely be like a scam nowadays yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. Um, Very so, Joel Olstein esque Yeah, there you go. I think that guy's such a scam fuck. <laughs> okay. So once the, the thing's over and everybody's done jerking each other off and being happy and all this stuff. <laughs> they uh, These two hippies are talking to this elderly woman who offers them a ride home. She's got a neck brace. Yeah, she's, this, she's got, she wears a neck brace throughout this entire movie. You know what she looks like? She kind of looks like, you ever watch uh, Ernest movies and how he does the different oh, characters? God, long, long One time. of his characters is an old lady who talks like this, oh, very think, proper. <laughs> and she's got a neck brace on. She looks like an actual living version. You think it's like Ernest and old makeup? Of Ernest's caricature <laughs> of an old lady, which is pretty funny yeah so it's, <laughs> i wonder if that's where he got the inspiration <laughs> that is kind of funny uh i think this was a movie before any of the earnest yeah 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 so uh so we cut to the three of those driving down these rural backwood roads while chit-chatting and yeah we mentioned the old woman wears a neck brace throughout this whole movie um and the two hippies suddenly have take a really dark turn yeah they go from like oh i love you and oh peace blah, and then like they just we're gonna fucking kill you every, well they don't say it <laughs> i know but like the look in their eyes is like it gets real ominous like the yeah. mood changes real like the lady doesn't notice it though no um because the man in the back seat he's looking like he's like preparing a rope to strangle the woman with like he's tying up like little knot like handholds and all this stuff and the hippie chick's just like staring like daggers into this older woman like this, yeah she went from being intent. you know flowers and you know moonbeams yeah. to you know death stare yeah and she's an ugly woman too she is <laughs> well. not an attractive woman uh anyway so the car like blows a tire or something but it sounds like the car just starts farting it's really bad <laughs> i thought it's like like <laughs> too, too much gas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so the old woman gets out of the car and checks under the hood now, th- this is when the hippie chick slides over to the driver's seat while the guy in the back is, like, edging her on to make their moves. Like, come on, make do it now. And, and from out of nowhere, we see an arm with a machete, like, break through the side rear window and cleanly just chop the head off the hippie Just dude. out of nowhere. Guy comes up, kills the ch- one slick movement, yeah. bam, head is off the through shoulders. Through the window, through the guy's neck, head off shoulders. Um, blood spurting out of the neck hole. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. The, the hippie chick, she's screaming, but she gets grabbed by this other guy and dragged out of the car. Thrown on top of the yeah, hood. she's thrown on top of the roof of the car and just backhanded by this guy who turns out to be Ike. And the Ike who grabs her, he's wearing like this old pilot's like head cover. It's not a helmet. It's like the thing you wear that like protects the, your head It's like almost like a leather helmet. Yeah. It's like yeah. a leather strap. But it's not helmet. leather. It's yeah. like it. Headgear, yeah. yeah, it's a headgear that goes between it buffers the head from the helmet, and um, and he immediately drops his pants, and uh, while the other guy who had the machete leaps onto the roof of the car, just straight up vertical leap up onto the roof, pretty agile, 
pushes the other guy away, rips the girl's shirt open, and he starts wailing on her like a goddamn UFC fighter. Yeah, it's like... Like, it's just ground and pound. Yeah, like, the referee would have pulled him off right away. Yeah. Like, he's beating the shit out of her. Yeah, he is. And while all this is going on, the older woman is just standing there in the background, like, Got her arms away. folded. She looks so satisfied. Yeah. Like, there's my boys. And mm-hmm. eventually, she, eventually, she tells him to stop. And the girl's thrown to the ground, a bloody mess. She crawls over to the old woman, like, begging for her life. And the old woman takes out this piece of rope from somewhere, wraps it around the hippie's neck, and kisses her, and then strangles her to death. Just kills her. Uh, the, and that's the way we begin the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the old woman turns to the two guys, her, her sons, and says, You two have made your mother very proud. Music sting, freeze frame, roll opening credits. Which, I hate these opening credits. They're so fucking annoying, in my opinion. Because uh, during the credit, it's just pictures like a slideshow uh, show, while these three girl voices are heard like, y- yipping and yammering and laughing and trying to make funny jokes about each picture. Why do you hate it? I just thought it was, I don't know. I thought it was, I found it really, really annoying. I Well, it kind of was, but at the same time, at least it was kind of unique. I mean, I mean, this was, you know, late 70s, early 80s. It was right. 1980. So they don't have, like, this would be, like, you know, girls on Facebook now looking at old pictures, and they had slideshows. I mean, yeah. I remember watching a slideshow when I was a kid in the 80s. Yeah. So they're watching slideshows of them it. in college. I, I see your point. Uh, and it's like, it's kind of giving you an idea of these girls. They're they're, they're pranksters. It's three girls who are yeah, good it's, buds. It, it gives you the backstory that they're a tight group of friends and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I just found it, the way they were acting was like, seemed too much. I don't know. I found it annoying. That's just me. I didn't like it. <laughs> Marshall uh, doesn't like girls. <laughs> Yeah, I hate girls. No. Fuck girls. <laughs> They're just being super girly and like eighties girly. Like, yeah, uh, like so, turned up to the max, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, and during this week kind of introduction, like we learned that the three of them call themselves the Rat Pack, and not the Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. Rat Pack. Just they just basically they stole, stole the name, name. call themselves the Rat Pack, and they're three female college friends who basically think they're super awesome at pranks and really cool. And, yeah, that's like their thing is yeah. like pranksters. And this apparently happens at Wolf Breath College in 1970. Where the fuck is that school? Yeah, what is like, Wolf Breath? <laughs> that's like in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. Yeah. That's like the only place I could imagine I mean, that place being. Weird. Grant, we, here locally we have a Wolf Branch Elementary School, but Wolf Breath College. Wolf is, Breath. That just sounds, sounds weird. Ugh. Yeah. Like that place smells. Yeah, just like, hot and steamy. Just, like ugh. death <laughs> and on your breath and, you know, blood. Ugh. Um. Which would be okay for a regular horror movie if it actually took place at a college, but as yeah. you never see the college. Great college name for a horror movie. Yeah, Wolf's Breath College. Sure. But never been never there. See yeah. it. Never see well, it again. Well, we see the baseball field, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, once the credits are, we jump to this fancy dancy pool party, and this scene reminds me of something I like Boogie Nights. That's exactly what I wrote down. I was like, this is Boogie Nights party, but this is pre-Boogie Nights. This yeah. is 1980, and I'm seeing this, and I'm like, fuck yes. Yeah. I want to be... They're yeah. so bad. I mean, there's there's this pretty blonde woman who's given uh no, I'm not sorry, not pretty, she's not that pretty. But this par- during the party, this blonde woman is given a telegram by her elderly butler who is dressed in a tuxedo coat and bow tie with no shirt. Well it's a pool party. Right, but just he's the guy's like in his seventy. <laughs> and and let's just talk about this party, because I can talk about this party. I love this. This is my probably my favorite scene in the movie. The party, it probably is. Dude, there's guys doing just snoring cocaine off like pewter t- serving trays. Like, yeah, or like, sterling silver trays. They have and... like butlers serving lines of coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
like a girls in bikinis everywhere, like girls rolling around on roller skates. skates all over. Old men, like we have age levels all the way from like seventies all the way to like just barely legal. Yeah, there's like this like, eighty year old guy who's like trying to hit on women by saying, "What is it that Kubrick said? That light and color great." Like trying to yeah. Quote and I love, I love it. I love it. I want to be at this party. I mean, they got the cool black guy. They got the cool, the quirky old dude. They got the girls with the bikinis. They got Coke serving trays. Yeah. Man, this place looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. The, the woman that gets the telegram turns out to be Trina, and she's one of the three members of the Rat Pack. And she gets a telegram. It's basically like her invitation to, like, the Rat Pack reunion that they do every year or something like that. And she's in L.A. So then it cuts, Obviously L.A. It and then cuts it comes to, to Chicago, Chicago, where we meet up with Abby coming home from shopping. And she just gets berated by her mother off As soon as she enters her apartment, it's just, you just hear you this, slut. Uh, this you, woman off screen saying, I'm a sick woman. You're out running around with boys being a whore. I'm a sick woman. You should take care of me. And, and oh my God, I wanted to strangle myself yeah. just to stop hearing this shit. And, and, and she, she's calling her, her own daughter like a slut. You're out whoring around. She just rants and yells, and this Abby's just like going through the mail and just finds her invitation. And and it's just rolling off Abby's back. Obviously, yeah. she's been hearing this so much. She's time. actually air quoting it. She's actually talking along to yeah. it because it's the same. It's probably the same spiel she's been hearing for years now. Um, now we cut to Jackie at her apartment. She's in New York, so we got L.A., Chicago, New York. So yeah. these are city girls. Yeah, and gee, I mean, could you get more serious like the big three across yeah. the country. Yeah. Come on. Um, She's in her apartment in New York, and she's packing for a trip when she gets grabbed from behind by some guy, but it just turns out to be her boyfriend, and it's a fake scare. And he steals 20 bucks from her purse. Yeah, and this is funny because I was writing this down. I was just like, freeloading douchebag artsy-farsy dicks. Yeah. <laughs> We're around in the 80s, and they're still around still today. Around today. <laughs> um, she tells him she loves him and heads out, and on her way out, she tells the doorman to have a great weekend, and if he's free, he should try to get out and do something. And he snaps at her. He's like, and he yells like, as long as I'm a black man, I'll never be free. I love that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> and then this, okay, this whole sequence of events yeah. is insane. Because as soon as he says, I'm a black man, I'll never be free. It just jumps. It cuts to this elderly woman walking down the side street, just belting out opera. Yeah. While some crazy drunk dude stands on the sidewalk Corner. screaming, Rockefeller makes a million dollars a day. Rockefeller makes a million dollars a day. And she's just like, and she's New York. Yeah. And, well, <laughs> and this woman's singing opera and the black guy's yelling about being black. And it's just, <laughs> what's going on? New York looks like it's a fucking insane asylum. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Take me back to L.A. Yeah. <laughs> like, it really does look like it's an insane asylum at that time. Um, so I'm jumping ahead a few minutes because... Uh, a lot there's at, at some point there's really a lot of dull moments in this movie during the middle yeah, of the it. first man the first like you know I chop it into three parts yeah the first third of the movie is slow whoa, yeah man. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of just I'll cover some of the stuff here uh, and some things we skip over um, so the girls are driving Jackie's car they're down some rural wooded roads and they pass this wooden hand paint sign that reads deep burls proceed at your own risk which again is really weird that, that would even be a sign because it's not like you were driving around you know the ozarks or something like that and it says ozarks enter at your own <laughs> risk it's like what no. maybe there should be maybe you know it's just like <laughs> and it's hand painted it's not like it's a government sign it's like somebody just hand painted it there and uh, so we cut to them hiking through the woods and they're leaving a, can, well, let's, a let's, beer let's, can let's, trail let me go back them. just a little bit 
All right. All right. So most of this stuff I kind of skip. I, over, I so. get it, but they stop. They do stop at a gas station. Yeah, and they I pick I up it. some. They pick up beer and food. But what I want to touch on is the it's the classic cliche gas station attendant who's like. She's asking for directions to get to their location. Why do you want to go there? Don't go there. Yeah. That's dangerous territory, you know. So it's 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 very cliche. Yeah. But I was even thinking about it. This is 1980. This movie was made in 80. So this is like right when you know Friday 13th is hitting. Right when Chainsaw Massacre's coming out. You know, came out. Chainsaw like, Massacre came out in the before 70s. This. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's all in that same yeah. you know five year period. You yeah. know, give or take. So it's still kind of fresh. So it's not. It's it, how cliche is it? You know, I couldn't really th- put my thumb on it. Yeah, you know? at, but, at the time, at the time, it might not have been as cliche. It, it, now it's super cliche. But, but the it's, time, yeah. But not. man, how many times have we seen this scene? Yeah, it's, but I'm trying oh. to give it credit, trying to like let it slide because it's 1980. So um, I just wanted to mention it, that. It's a good point. Yeah, I, I see your wife bring it up, but I kind of mm-hmm. skip over because of the fact that we've seen a bazillion times. Nothing happens. It just we have, but this may be one of the you know earlier experiences with it. You know, like it may it, it, it may have been done. It's yeah. obviously been done before, I'm sure, but not nearly as much. So it's kind of interesting to see that. Yeah. Okay. I see. Your, that's so. Anyway, they buy point. beer. They go in the woods and are leaving like a beer we can, can trail. trail. Yeah. So like instead of breadcrumbs, right. these girls are getting fucking hammered, and leaving beers. I love it. I, yeah, but I think like if you look at one point, there's a scene where it's like a beer can, beer can, beer can. It's like how they're like they're like. Take a beer, chug it immediately. Shotgunning beers. Shotgun a beer, take another one. It's like every three feet there's a beer can. I love these girls. These girls would be just off their asses. Well, they kind of are. They're they're stum- They're barely making it through the woods. They're stumbling all over the uh, place. Yeah. So Trina, the rich bitch one, is hiking in high heels for some reason. And she finally decides to stop and take them off. And then she steps in a pile of bear shit. And... Moves on, but this at this point we see the tall like grass kind of behind them start to move. Like there's something or someone, someone in there watching them. Um, so I'm cutting, skipping ahead to the girls. They're lying around their campfire at night, eating marshmallows, smoking joints. Um, they notice Jackie's gone missing, and uh, they're like, Jackie, Jackie, where are you? And then she runs out of the woods with a knife in her back, screaming, and it just turns out to be a prank. It's, it's a, a prank. Yeah, yeah, it's another prank. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So again, I'm skipping over. Cause it's it's not a lot going on. It's a very it's like all bonding, very girl power. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of like a Sex in the City episode. <laughs> if Sex in the City went like, camping. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. This, this is what I feel like I'm watching. Yeah, uh, so. I'm skipping. And at this point, there's like a ten minute flash, five minute flashback. I'm skipping over because it has absolutely zero point to do with this movie. There's it, nothing. It kind of reinforces that they're pranksters. Yeah, and they're they're three best friends. Mm-hmm. That three best friends that anyone. Yeah, can yeah. Have, like, <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, really nothing happens except um, that you see they're getting spied on while skinny dipping in the lake at one point. Yeah, so they're pranking. They're talking about prank. There's more pranking. They're skinny dipping. Then then we see that the two dudes are watching. Them. Yeah. Um. So that night, the girls are back in their sleeping bags around the fire. They're talking. And then suddenly they're attacked by the two guys from the, from the opening of the movie. <laughs> they wrap them up and tie them into their own sleeping bags and drag them away into the woods. I, I do not condone violence. I don't approve of it in any way, shape, or form, especially against women, but I have never been so fucking happy to see women being attacked in, as much as I did in this movie because, goddamn, the first half hour, like I said, it's like I'm watching a Sex in the City episode <laughs> and I'm supposed to be watching a horror movie and I'm, like, just waiting and waiting and waiting and I'm like, oh, my God, please, something happened. <laughs> Finally, they come out of the woods and catch the girls. I'm like, thank 
God, <laughs> something's happening. Yeah, uh, I, I can't agree. It's like it would, it's a it's a long it's a long road to hoe. Yeah. It really is. You got to have some patience. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, about it? because it starts off hot. And then, yeah, it know, starts off good. And then starts you get off hot, long. and then it's just this. Then you watch a Sex in the City episode, and then you're back to a horror movie. Um, so the taller of the two brothers is Ike, and in this scene, this guy must possess like Jason Voorhees like strength because he's dragging right? a girl in each hand by a tiny string. So he's dragging two like easy 115, 120 something pound sure, women. Sure. By a string in a sleeping bag all the way through the woods. And he's trucking. Yeah. He's not walking or, you know, struggling with it. He's and he's like, not that big. He's, he's like, like jogging it. I mean, he's you know? tall. and He's he's about my size. Maybe a little slimmer. He's you know? slim. He's tall. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy's like, I don't, it's hard to tell because the other guy is so short. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to tell exactly. But he looks so much taller. But yeah, I mean, there's, I couldn't do that. Like, drag no, like, no. To, by one hand with a string. Is like, not many people can. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. They take the girls back to their rundown house in the woods where they live with their mother. And the mother's watching TV when they arrive. And she has them, like, wipe their feet and give her a kiss before, you know, they... They take... present their bounty. Yeah, they take the girls. They drag them up the stairs into a room that's been into, like, a makeshift home gym. It's like a weight room, yeah. Yeah. And the two guys, they dump the girls out and tie them up to the various exercise machines equipment in the room. And after all the girls are tied up, the mother picks out Jackie to be the first one. And we're like, what? And the sons and Ike and Adley is the other, the name is the mm-hmm. other Adley. Untie Jackie, put a dog collar and leash on her, and like drag her outside with the mother leading the way. Right. And once outside, they play they play games, which are basically like training scenarios for attacking, kidnapping, and raping women. Um. And the mother acts as like their coach, complete with like a whistle she, and pointing out their flaws and their. She's technique. got a director's chair. Yeah, she's got the old timey like uh, cone cheerleading, cheerleading like, bowl, megaphone, megaphone. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, "Okay, at go!" It's like she's the director. It's like yeah. she's setting the scene. And the first game they play is called the Park Bench, where they basically kidnap or rape a girl on a park bench. Yeah, and they're they're posing at one one's posing like a, a, a worker's like picking up trash with a pokey stick, and the other guys. Acting like, like he's walking, walking a dog, dog, an invisible dog. Yeah, and it's like they have. It's like no, you fold your leg like this. They like specifically yeah. position her. Now hold this magazine this way and sit this way. Right, and it's kind of like weird. The mom's in there watching. It's kind of it's a real weird yeah. scene. And then the next game is they ha- is called Shirley Temple, where they have her Jackie pretend she's like a little girl. Well, that's kind of creepy. If they're doing it to like little kids. Um, and like the mom's like, no, no, you, you, I saw her arm flying there. You messed up, and blah blah blah. And, yeah, and, like there was an arm free. You didn't yeah. restrain that arm. She could have hit you. Like, yeah, yeah. Was, whoa. And all this is going on. Trina and Abby are actually able to watch this go they're down kinda, from like the upstairs window, like through some of the slats and the like. The yeah. windows boarded up with boards, but yeah. they're able to. It's it's they you know, they're able to peek through. Yeah. Um, I can Ellie then does the. Beat the shit out of Jackie and rape her right in front yeah, of the mother. They, so she's got the Shirley Temple. She's they put her in this like little girl dress. Yeah, and then tackle her, start UFC smashing her face. Yeah, rip her clothes off. He drops trow and then starts going to town while mom is sitting there going, Yay! yeah, like. And the other guy's taking pic- Polaroid pictures. Yeah, of the whole he's thing. taking Polaroids the whole time. It's a pretty disturbing scene. Yeah, it really is. And so after the beating and the raping, the mother tells Ike to make sure the doors are all locked up tight tonight. Because she just knows that Queenie is out there. So And we'll come back to Queenie. Queenie comes up later. We'll come back to her. So there's somebody out there named Queenie that's, you know, opposing or, the... Yeah, or at this time, at least she thinks mm-hmm. is out there. 
Um, the next morning, the boys wake up to their big bird alarm, alarm clock, clock while mother is fixing breakfast. And it's funny they're in the they're in the bathroom getting ready, like brushing their teeth with beers and arguing over going back and forth. Punk sucks. Disco, Disco stupid. stupid. And punk. the guest goes on. I kind of liked it. I don't yeah. know. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, so they're arguing over punk music and disco music. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, guys, they both suck. <laughs> All right, let's just let's just settle it there. Um, and Actually, so- I like both of them. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, guys, guys, they're both awesome. <laughs> so Trina starts to like attempt to cut her bindings, her binding ropes off by using like this nail she finds sticking out of the wall. And after the breakfast, Mother tells the boys that they have to do their exercises for the day. I love this scene. And their exercises basically consist of Mother acting like a drill sergeant and putting her boys through various drills and training to make them better killers, rapists, and kidnappers. Right, like they're they're working out on a heavy... It's like a montage. Yeah, exactly. And the train so, montage, is, it's bonkers. Like, okay, we have... They have makeshift punching bags they use for punching and stabbing. Mm-hmm. They crawl through tall grass like knives in their teeth. right. They do cardio work and calisthenics. Like push-ups. One hand and put one, one guy is doing one hand push-ups, which are pretty jacked, good. Yeah. yeah. Um they're running through tires. Mm-hmm. They smash coconuts with faces painted on them with logs. They stab and slash baby dolls. And <laughs> this is pretty gruesome. Yeah. And Ike even smashes the windows of their own house for some reason, which I thought was weird. Like Yeah, that was a weird one because it's like, well, I, I get the workout montage. Yeah, but, but why it's like when you smash out your, your own windows, it's like you got to fix that shit. Yeah, ex- I you thought know, the same thing. Like, like well, no, why are your windows all boarded I mean, up now? How, you is keep this, smashing is this them out. Part of your ch- daily training, smashing. Yeah. Like if you're gonna, yeah, we got to practice breaking and entering in a window. Like what? I no, yeah, no. I mean, anyway, and then the mother just sits in the, tr- the the director's chair with a clipboard tracking their progress. Yeah, she's like making notes yeah. and examining technique, and yeah, it's. it's it's in a when you first see it, it's almost comical, but when you really look, if you take a second to like think about what this really is, it's like that's really fucking disturbing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really messed up. Um, so upstairs, Trina has managed to get herself and Abby free, and their plan of escape is to have Abby lower Trina out the window in a sleeping bag. Now, this actually oh, isn't, but this is a throwback. Because during that part where that's the opening credits when they're looking at the slideshow, they even talked about, hey, do you remember that time we had a curfew at our dorm and we lowered you down in the sleeping bag and it worked. You didn't get a scratch on you. Oh. They even mentioned that. Okay. So it's like they this is kinda like it was they this is they talked about it before. I so missed this the callback is, part, but that, I mean that's fine if it's callback, but this still, is something still... they this is something they've done before. So Right, that's... but it's still just a to me a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I agree. I'm not saying it's a good idea. But if it, it is a callback or something. Yeah. Okay. So, I can Adley, they get into like a siblings fight, and it's like a play fight, like when two dogs play fight, and they're wrestling. Yeah, mostly. they're wrestling around. It's mostly just wrestling and throwing, you know, throwing each other around. Yeah, and the music played here is just ridiculous. It's like almost like Benny Hill music in Kinda, a way. It's, yeah. it's not as Benny Hillish, but it's but it's it's silly. And the fight becomes like a game of cat and mouse between the brothers. Hiding and Hiding, yeah. Hiding. No, I got you. you know. And Abby is now being forced to hold Trina in midair because Adley's like passing right underneath the sleeping bag. Yeah, which, she's again, lowering the sleeping bag. How he does it's like the giant bright orange sleeping bag against the White House is well, out of my I, mind. I mean, he's, he's up against the house and he's looking, he's making sure that Ike isn't getting him. So, and above, so I understand if he's kind of looking at the end, he's not looking up and he's tight against the house. So I can kind of let that slide. And 
I forget the girl's name, Chicago. Um, Abby. Abby. Abby's hands are just getting tore She's up. holding on this, what is a fucking twine? Yeah, it's like, it's like a... Jeez, you, wouldn't, like... you wouldn't think to at least wrap your hands. You know this isn't going to work. Yeah. So she's hold. Anyway, she's holding her friend, hovering above while Adelaide's like sneaking underneath it. And yeah. her hands start to bleed. Mm-hmm. You see blood spurting out of her hands. This yeah. bitch is tough. And... My God, that adrenaline rush. She's just like, I can't drop it. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Bleeding all so over. So yeah, she... she, she... She soldiers you can up see there. She's, she she's up doing she... everything she can not to make noise. She's like, ah, you know, yeah. making mouth noise movements, and I'm sitting here doing it. You guys can't see. It. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so eventually, she does manage to get Tina to the ground. Tina gets out of the sleeping bag and re-enters the house so she can unlock the door so Abby can get out. And Abby shows Trina her hands, which are completely fucked up now. Man, her hands. I mean, the, the one effect is like, yeah. it's like her hands like split in half. Yeah, it's it's great effect. It, it, it's probably the to me, it's probably the best effect in the mm-hmm. movie is that hand messed mm-hmm. the messed up hand. It looks bad. And the two of them go looking for Jackie so they can all make their escape. And in the brothers' room, which looks like you know, it's not like a little kids' room, they find. The head. Yeah, but it's like little kids' room with it's, but it's like dark. You know, yeah, broken. Toys but they have like, and, yeah, like little boy sheets and like yeah. action figures around yeah. and toys. They're they're you know big bird alarm clock. And yeah, stuff, yeah. So in the they find the head of the dead hippie guy in the bird cage hanging in the closet, along with another body hanging on the closet. Whose which, body is this? It's not the hippie nope. girl. It's a different person. Don't know whose it so, is. It's but somebody body like hanging on like the door. It's a woman's body like hung that. up. Yeah. Um, but they look somewhat fresh. Yeah. You know, only like a couple days old. Yeah, it's not, not it's even not old. Uh, and they find Jackie shoved into the middle drawer of a dresser, which like, okay, I don't know how you any, a person would fit. I don't know. But that has, I don't know. It doesn't Maybe seem she's right. short. Um, <laughs> and, but she's still alive, but just barely. Yeah, she's, she's barely she's, hanging on. She's barely, she's hanging on by a thread. Yeah. And so Trina and Abby successfully managed to carry... Uh, Jackie downstairs and are about to get out the back door when Ike comes screaming and leaping in at him from out of nowhere. He tackles the three women to the ground, yells out for Adley to come help. But luckily for the girls, the brother... Uh, they get distracted. The, they hear they, they hear the mother screaming outside and they rush off to help mother, leaving the yeah, women they, free they to leave them. They leave him alone because mom's screaming. Yeah. yeah. So outside, the brothers find their mother on the ground, scream about how she was almost killed, that she would attack anything. And now it just cuts away to Trina and Abby carrying Jackie through the woods. So the mother was scared that she saw Queenie. Yeah. Yeah. So and the the, the boys are like, but the girls are going to get away. The girls are going to go away. And she's like, don't, I don't worry about the girls. Protect me. Protect me. Yeah. She's more worried about herself exactly. than and the she's girls still, and go, Again, let's say she's still wears a neck brace at this point. She, the whole night. And, um, so the two other girls are carrying Jackie through the woods, and they decide to lay Jackie down. They're having the, a hard time getting yeah. her through the woods. I mean, they, she's she's a dead fish, she's she's dead weight. Yeah, it's dead you know they're 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 tired. They've been up all night, handcuffed. So they're they're pooped. They yeah. can't carry her through the woods. Um, and they, so they lay her on the ground and cover up with branches, like kind of camouflage her, and maybe keep her warm. And <laughs> Trina leaves Abby behind to watch over Jackie, and she goes to get the car or to look for help. Yeah. So Trina's got her shit together. She seems to be the most like as, as compared to the other girls. Like she's she's like I'm. She made the escape. She came back in. She also during like the filming part. She's the one who was able to grab the fish and stuff. I mean, she's yeah, she's the L.A. girl, part. but she's a lot more tough than she lets on. Ah, uh, sort of. I I kind of 
I don't know. I think it's the other way around. Yeah, I, just, I, I think but, and, and a shift comes, but yeah, I, I agree. Their shift does come, but at first she's the one who's got the strength. So she finds the beer can trail they left behind and she gets to the car, which of course at this point won't start cause it's been tampered with. It's and, been stripped of the battery. Yeah. yeah. And time passes and it's now night. And Trina spots a cop car driving down one of the back roads, and she rushes out to someone's like, "Hey, hey, help, help, cop!" And the cop gets out of the car, but of course, it just it, just, it turns out to be Ike. In guess who? Yeah. Ugh. So again, somehow he's managed to confiscate or steal a cop car and a complete cop outfit uniform to pull off this. This that Ike. isn't so this, surprising. And again, at first I was just like, "Well, get duh." Who we know this is going to happen. Yeah. But again, I'm trying to give it a little bit more credit. Because, again, it's 1980. You know, I'm trying to let it slide a little bit more. I'm, trying to, I'm keeping that in consideration. It's tough, though, because we've seen this kind of thing over and over and yeah. over again. But i got to keep remembering, this is a 1980 film. This isn't, you know, this is, exactly, you know, yeah. this isn't something that's, this is a 35-year-old film. 36, really, yeah. And um, <clears throat> so I'm trying to give it a little bit of uh, leeway. But... When I'm seeing that, I, mean, I get the girl's fatigued and she's tired, but why would a cop just have his sirens on in the middle of the woods? Yeah, because she comes out. His yeah, lights are going. It's not sirens, but the, light, yeah, the, the lights are going. Are on. Why would he have those on? Yeah, that's a good that point. That doesn't make any sense. That's, I kind of overthought that one. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't uh, think about that. Maybe I'm over it. You know. No, it's a good point because the, they don't yeah. use that if, if there's emergency. And if, the, if the cops just driving down, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have the flashers on. Yeah. Um. So anyway, Ike gets out and he's like, he starts strangling her on top of the hood of the car, but she manages to like, knee him in the junk. Which gives her enough time to take off running, and we go back to Abby and Jackie really briefly because Abby or Jackie just ups and dies. She just turns her head over, she dies. So done. There's actually gunfire. So she nails dude in the balls. The guy falls to the ground, and he starts shooting at uh, Trina. Trina yeah. taking shots at her, and you know they hear the gunshots, and that's when Jane goes. <gasps> <clears throat> <laughs> and just up and dies. Yeah, she's so dies. she's basically killed by a sound. Yeah, <laughs> that's, like, that's kind of what I got. She just couldn't take it anymore. She's like, "That's it. They got guns now. I'm done. I'm done. I'm cashing out." Um, and this takes us right back to Ike chasing three into the woods. And this chase scene is like five minutes. It's it, a long, it's long scene, and it it does build some suspense. Some, but sometimes but it just it, it builds, but then it's just too much. Because there's a, during this time there's like a two minute shot of her hiding by a tree, a tree reaching for a rock. Yeah, and it literally takes like two minutes for her to do for this thing to happen. It just goes on and on. I, I get they're trying to establish mood, but it's it's a little. It's too much. Yeah, maybe it was the eighties. Maybe people had more patience then. And so eventually, she, eventually <laughs> she she does lose Ike, and she makes her way back to Abby and the now dead Jackie. At this point, she, she basically outsmarts him. Yeah, and yeah. Abby at this point she has she changes. She just become at this point. She becomes like a hardened so, killer. This is this is what I, she is, swears revenge on the bastards, and she is out for blood. This is what I love. So that five minute scene where they run through the woods. She's being quiet. She's being careful. She's being quiet. She's being careful. She's tricking him. She's moving around. She's being quiet. She's yeah. being quiet. She tricks him. She loses him. She runs back to him. Finds that Jane's dead. <laughs> yeah, and she looks like women. The yeah. <laughs> letting those emotions run wild. So, I mean, she did all this work to be quiet, mm-hmm. and she sees her friend's dead, and she lets out this blood-curling scream. Exactly. Uh, um, so, yeah, so all your work gone. <laughs> it's, it's, just, just, just put up a neon sign. Yeah, it's like, we're right here. Yeah, <laughs> here yeah. we are. Um, 
so back at the house, Mother and Adley are playing backgammon. And Adley's upset because he can't be out looking for the girls. He wants to be out there, but he has to He wants them. to go with Ike. Yeah, and Mother's like, no, I need you here because Queenie is out on the prowl. And Adley starts questioning if Queenie even really exists. Right, so apparently these boys have heard about Queenie their whole life, then, like, but have never seen yeah, her. Yeah, Queenie's just like, you know, a, a myth to them. It's like... The boogeyman. Old, yeah, it's the old, like, bedtime story that people, you know, yeah. Uh, and at this point, Mother starts explaining now who Queenie is. Now, Queenie turns out to be the mother's older sister, who she calls the most evil being on this earth. She was evil from birth. She was born with a full head of white hair. And apparently, Queenie tried to kill Mother when she was a baby in her crib by, like, breaking her, strangling her, breaking her neck, which is why she she still wears a neck. And that's, I, I should have touched on this at the very beginning, because the mother in this movie is, like, in her 70s, easily. Right. And the boys are like in their twenties or thirties, so like, she's more like she she looks like she's more like a grandmother than the mother of these Most kids. Most definitely, yeah. You know, I mean, what, you know what's funny? I, I didn't even really put that together. I because thought that they, right they away. Are, they are in their their early twenties. Yeah, you know, they're both young guys. Yeah, yeah. and she is easily in her seventies, and she's saying Queenie is the older sister. So she's so she's got to be in her seventies, the eighties. This Queenie who is apparently running around like a savage in the woods. At 80 years old, killing things. Yeah, killing wolves and eating their blood. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, like she, all she, kinds of like superhuman Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. uh, they said that they, the grandmother, not mm. the boy's grandmother, mother's mother, cut off Queenie's ear as punishment, and they keep it in a box as a reminder. And they, they show, a, show a box with an ear in it. And then mother says she knows Queenie was uh, set loose. And that she's been feeding on swamp rats, animal waste, and flesh. And that she even saw Queenie outrun a mongrel wolf, which is weird because all wolves are cast mongrels because they're wild wolves. That's basically <laughs> what. Um, and then ripped open its throat with her bare hand just to watch just it bleed. Just to watch it bleed. Yeah. So this is. So this is a savage. Again, this maybe this could have been 30 years ago when she saw it. But again, at this point, we're thinking this is an 80 year old woman doing this. It's fucking insane. Like, I lose. Like I don't mind the idea of there's this like idea of, like this other crazy psycho killer lurking in the woods, but once she's like you realize this person's in their eighties, I was like, I lose it. I'm like, yeah. no, no, no way. But it's it's they're giving the illusion of superhuman. Yeah, but no, ugh, it's just there's no way an eighty year old woman would survive in the woods. But by that's why for years. it's so like you feel bad for the kids in a way. You almost feel bad for the boys because they've been you know brainwashed their whole life. I mean, yeah. you see this like I, I'm gonna of, come back and touch on that later. Type of life they're living. Uh, yeah. So mother basically makes Adley promise that he and her brother will never ever leave her, and he he does, and. So we go back to Trina and Abby, and they're doing like a Rambo esque montage. Exactly of, I, yeah, like, like gearing these, up. They're Ramboing up. <laughs> they're these, tying headbands on, and <laughs> these bitches got bad. Yeah, and, like they got they got ready to go kick some. Yeah, ass. they're loading up weapons, mm-hmm. and they carry Jackie's dead body back to the house and set her up against a tree so she so can dead watch. Jackie can watch the revenge you're about to take out on them. Yeah, yeah, Abby, just, these girls just went insane all of a sudden. That is crazy. They went tribal on this shit. Yeah, yeah they, they, and, went, they went beyond medieval. They went tribal. Yeah. You know? And what's even more fucked up about that is Abby kisses Jackie twice. Once on the forehead, and then again she kisses Jackie dead, on the lips. Dead body Jackie. Dead body like, Jackie. And they've done it pretty much. They, they haven't even closed her eyes. They've yeah. her eyes wide open. eyes are open. Cr- there's blood on her mouth, and she's kind of starting to gray. Yeah, she's grayish you know? now. <laughs> like, let me kiss you on the lips. <laughs> yeah. And then Abby, like, psychs up Trina 
and they hug. You get, we're gonna go kill him, and the guy gets psyched up because yeah, like they're about to do, like they're about to go for, like do CrossFit. They're like pumping each other up. Yeah, they're gonna go kill. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. This one, like Abby here, becomes the strongest. Trina starts like she's like. I agree. At this point. I agree. They there was a shift. I yeah, agree. A definite shift in power. And Jackie or Abby's got like this makeshift raincoat backpack on with like with all their weapons in it and their gear. Yeah. <laughs> and they okay so. We're jumping to the family, and they're down in the basement. Ike's back. Ike and Muller's just berating him for losing two city girls in the woods. Mm-hmm. And she sends Adley upstairs for her woods map, for the map of the woods. Go get my map. And outside, Abby tells Trina to give her the car antenna out of the raincoat bag of weapons. Adley then hears Trina trying to, like, pick the lock on the door. But before he can open the door, he gets stabbed through the neck with the car antenna by Abby Trina kicks open the door and then like chops Adley in the cock and balls with a hatchet. So he gets holy shit down <laughs> through the back of the neck and with with the car, car antenna. antenna. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you sharpen it down. But the problem is, when, yeah, but when you see it come through, it's got the little ball. It, it still so like, has a little nub on yeah. the end, like so, they so it doesn't stab people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the reason there's the nub, <laughs> so you don't get stabbed. But they forgot to take that off. But apparently, Abby again had such. Ferocity and anger ah! that she just impaled him through the neck with the bald, rounded car antenna. Right, and so he's got stabbed in the neck, and, and Trina comes in and hatchets him in the dick. Yeah, just, damn. Ugh. Oh, and there's there's blood just coming out of his crotch, just yeah. and, you know, and, lumps of oh, meat God, are falling yeah. out. And then the make Abby stumbles back onto the kitchen table where Abby leaps on top of him, mounts, mounts him. him, and then like suffocates them while he, until he dies. Just like stares like in his eyes, like she's like shoving like, co- like co- cotton like, or like wads like like a pillowcase almost or something like, like a that. rag. She's shoving a rag into his mouth while he's struggling to breathe. She's smothering him. He's oh, yeah, and she's like staring like I got you, motherfucker. And, like, That's just, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Uh, once he's completely dead, they take the body outside to basically the, the where we saw Jackie get beaten, raped, kind of that that side of the house. Yeah. But then we we hear Ike screaming, and then he suddenly he comes crashing through head first out the boarded up second story window. He's on the window. second floor, and he like fucking swan dies. Kamikazes out the smashing through these boards. He lands on Trina, just like crash, crashes, crashes on. on top of her. Abby gets up, runs off. Trina's I, fucked up. Yeah, Trina, <laughs> he attacks Trina for killing Adley. Abby is seen grabbing a. Can like powdered or crystallized Drano from the kitchen. Yeah, it is, it's in blade. It's Drano. Now this yeah. is kind of in 1980. This yeah. is before you probably had to pay royalties. You know, it was like almost a Drano ad. You well, know, there's, there's or, Twix in there and Twix cereal and all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. and and they use a song by the Johnny Walker and the Shandells. The uh, I think we're uh, alone. Now. Yeah, I think we're alone now. They use that. So yeah. Um. So she has a drink. She runs up behind Ike and pours it down his throat. And then bloody foam starts erupting from his mouth. And the girls run back into the house. Okay. I'm so glad he didn't die here. That would be just like when I see chemical, like people being poisoned by chemicals and they instantly die. You know, being in the medical field, it's like, yeah, you die like three weeks later, probably. (laughs) Or, you know, later on, you know, you wouldn't just die instantly. But so I'm just glad he didn't die. Yeah. 
Uh, but he, it fucked him up. Yeah. Which he, it probably would. He chases after them, into that, and he sees Trina has, like, tripped over their car seat couch, and she's on the floor. She's back in the house. Yeah. He's cornering her. Ike's approaching her, but he's suddenly smashed over yes. the head with the TV by At, Abby. As he's approaching, they pan over. He doesn't see it. She's hiding behind the wall. The corner. She's, yeah, she's, the corner. she's hiding around the corner. And he, she's holding a fucking TV and over her head. This is eight, these are not Those like a tube. flat screen. Yeah, this like, is a tube this TV. This is a giant TV. She's just holding over her head. Things got away like 50 pounds. It, easily 50 yeah. pounds. And, you know, I mean, I guess that the adrenaline's going, she's not a big person. No, like, Abby's the smallest of all of them. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it slide, but wow. Yeah, know. and she <laughs> smashes it straight onto his head. And we see his head. Through the TV screen. Through the screen. Through the screen while he's, like, being shocked and electrocuted and, and he's this screaming. Thing, this, this, he dies for, like, a minute. Yeah. Or he's bouncing around like a pinball in the house. And this thing keeps sparking and popping and yeah. bursting, you know, little sparks it flying kinda, off. Again, it goes on a little too long in my Yeah, opinion. and he's, it's like, dude, just just fucking fall over. And Yeah, you know? finally, he tosses this TV off his head as he falls to the floor, presumably dead. Face all burnt up, hair kind of missing. Singed and all that, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's. He's he's fucked. So, at this point, Abby heads off to find Mother. She rushes off to go find the Mother. Uh, and Trina but gets grabbed by Ike, who's still alive. And they struggle for a bit, but Ike is so is weakened now. He's really weak that he can barely he's, do anything. Except he's like been drained, and he's been electrocuted. And, yeah. yeah. And Trina manages to get her hands on the electric carving knife that she's sitting, that's sitting on the kitchen counter. And she uses that to just finish him off in a bloody mess. Stabs the shit out of him. I mean, you don't see you the thing, but you just see the you see the knife going up and down. The blood, more and more blood splattering, splattering on Trina. And yeah, she, and the knife. She must come down with that thing about yeah twenty thirty times. Yeah, so they Abby's really like, ham that up. And so Abby's looking around for mother, who creeps out from a closet and like she stalks after Abby. And we see the mother creeping down the basement stairs. And then Abby comes screaming out from somewhere in the dark and collapses on the couch with a knife in her back. And like we, and all of a sudden, mother's laughing and she's cackling insanely. She's like, saying, you got him, boys. Good one, boys. And then she gets grabbed from behind by Trina and, and Abby leaps up because it's the it's knife the, trick we saw that Jackie did. It's the same do. kind of knife trick that Jackie did earlier. And the two of them wrap up mother in like a rope or a cord and pin her to the, like the couch. Mother's screaming and yelling that she's a sick woman. Please don't hurt me. I'm a sick woman over and over again. And this triggers. It wasn't until you brought that up that, like, Mm -hmm. holy shit, this triggers again. So, again, Abby, I guess, is having, like, fantasies of killing her own mother at this point. Because the the, the, the mom is saying, I'm a sick woman. I'm a sick woman. Just like Abby's Abby's mom mom says. Yeah. And so she gets fucking, you want, you're a sick woman? Abby. yeah, this... she goes from like psycho killer, like rage, like she gets like scary, creepy, like yeah. just dark and like not young. She's like, "I'll take care of you. You're a sick woman. Let your daughter take care of you. I'll tuck you in. I'll keep real good care of you." Like it's really creepy. You kind of give me the creeps, Marshall. Yeah, stop it. And so, Laugh a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, she Abby reaches out. And gra- she grabs an inflatable yeah, this, boob pillow. This kind of takes the whole thing yeah. out. <laughs> it takes all the suspense and dr- no, drama no. out of it because she grabs like this inflatable. These a pair of plastic titties. Pl- pair of inflatable plastic titties. <laughs> that's like a neck pillow. And smothers <laughs> and slowly smothers smothers mother with it till she dies. So 
it's so you're right the scene was so intense and she's staring and she's talking she's so calm and like focused like a laser beam yeah. about killing this like, woman so many other pillows grab a regular pillow but no yeah. they they they, what, they grab one that looks like tits complete yeah. <laughs> like they shove the nipple what in nipples? the mother's mouth the nipple is in the mother's mouth when she's being suffocated smothered oh, by this thing trauma <laughs> And so she dies, and once Mother is dead, Abby just screams, and she has a breakdown. And it fades out, and it fades in on Trina and Abby standing over Jackie's now makeshift grave out in the woods. And at this point, I just feel like, I hope they're coming back for the buyer. That's a pretty shitty place to leave your right, friend. Right. Like, we'll bury you here for now, but, you know, we got to come back for you, because that's pretty fucked up. And... uh, Trina then says, we survived because we were strong. We were meant to survive. And at this where I was like, bitch, she didn't you didn't really do anything. Like once the shit hit the fan, other than yeah, you you She got him out. She you got yourself untied, but the all the revenge was pretty much pure Abby. Hey, I mean Abby was the fucking badass at the I, end of the I, movie. I agree. Abby was the badass at the end of the movie. But without Trina getting him out, because Abby was fucking you know, she she was shaken. At first, Trina got the ball rolling. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. they were both—they both had their roles. Don't get me wrong. Abby, I think throughout the movie was the stronger character, but Trina wasn't a—you know, she wasn't a pushover. Okay, uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll let that slide. Uh, so the quick—the camera quickly pans over from them to this one. To we see an elderly, one-eared woman hiding behind some foliage with long hair. Looks like a wolf. Looks, woman. Yeah, looks, looks like, like wolf, wolf land. You know, basically. And the woman leaps up over the bush like she's a goddamn Olympic high jumper. Like it's a just ninja. Straight yeah. up she's... vertical leap over. And it's like these bushes are like at least five to six feet tall. And she's oh, yeah. straight up and over she's, them. And she's got like clearance too. She's yeah. like eight, nine feet in the air. Yeah. With, like legs up, ninja style. Yeah. We're talking like, oh, it looks like a wolf man. Yeah. There's fangs almost, sharp teeth, hair is wild, Our claws. claws like, ah! Like, ah! And freeze frame. They, yeah, they jump at Trina, Trina and Abby who scream. Freeze frame on Queenie midair as the girl is screaming. Queenie! Roll credits. Match the movie. Um. <laughs> so, actually, I wanted to touch back on this before we move on. So, I'm is like the kidnapping, raping, and killing that the mother has like these her boys practice and work on. So I'm guessing is this like. All preparation just so, so one day she, they can fight off Queenie. Like everybody else is just practice because all the mother cares about is protecting herself from Queenie. But that, yeah, but the, why would they do the? Is the raping a reward for them? I guess because, like, yeah, or because, like, that's the only thing I, yeah, I couldn't imagine they'd rape Queenie if they ever got to right, her because she's right. eight, in her 80s. But, <laughs> but I mean, they're and she's just, a monster, essentially. Yeah, and so and it made me think, like, which is really fucked up. That's the whole purpose of life is they, they just, they're kidnapping and murdering all these women just to practice to protect their paranoid mom from this monster, monstrous older sister. That's kind of really yeah, weird. I mean, it's like it kind of puts another spin on the movie if you think from that point of view. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the guys are, are, in a way, they're victims as well. Yeah. They because kind of, yeah. mom is so crazy and delusional and backwards and bizarre and they're not smart by any means i mean they're and like well yeah she's basically kept it though and there, there's even hints of moments where they're like you know, adelaide's talking Adelaide when, they play, when they're playing back or yeah. whatever or backgammon and uh you know he's like i you know i think queen doesn't exist because you don't want us to leave you exactly he says that and she slaps him around a little bit yeah. as you defiant little man I, ike is the one who seems to be like the the he doesn't really seem to question anybody but ali is the one who has like yeah i i 
questions like, right. he, a little starts, bit. Yeah. Like seeing chinks in the armor or something like yeah, that. It, cracks in the wall. But yeah, they're definitely brainwashed or manipulated and have been their whole lives to be the servants, you know, or the the the, the, the muscle of mom. Right. And All she right. manipulates them with love and affection. So you know, and look. It's weird. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh moving on to favorite kills. There can be only one favorite kill. Uh, again, not a whole lot of kills in this movie because it's not that type of it's not a real slash movie. It but um there's a few kills. Obviously, we do have a few to choose from. So, Aaron, what what's your pick for favorite kill? I think my favorite kill is the very first one. I like the machete head chop off because it's so weird. Uh, you know, he's sitting back with sunglasses on in the back. He's just kind of chilling, like, yeah, we're gonna kill this bitch. Yeah. And out of nowhere, whack! whack! You know? <laughs> the head comes off, and I just love the ridiculous blood spurting out of the neck. You get to see the actual head sever, and it's not bad. It's not for bad. Again, for, the, for, for, for a low budget yeah, and for the time, it's not bad. It's pretty good. It's, it, it just kind of sets the mood for, what the fuck are we in for? Yeah. And I, I, it's my favorite okay. kill. Alright, that's cool. Um, Mine were either came down at one point. I liked Mother until the, until Kitty. Boo Pillows came out because that just kind of took me out because <laughs> Abby's so fucking dark and de- just and creepy intense, in there. intense. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, but I think I'm probably gonna go with Adelaide just because that boy, that guy just got fucked. Woo! I mean, he never had a chance. No, I mean, car car intent through the neck, hatchet in the balls, and then just mounted and like suffocated while the. Like Abby's just staring right in his eyes, watching him die. He's like, that's pretty fucking ball. Like that's that's awesome. A, that's it's a pretty unique. That's a that's a, that's a unique. It's a great death. sequence. Yeah. yeah. So that's mine's Adley. Um. So that's it. Uh, that's our favorite kill. So let's move on to the odds and the ends. Not only did they watch these films, they researched them too. Ugh, what is wrong with these guys? Uh, starting with ratings. We have IMDb gives it a four or five point four out of ten. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has a forty five percent on the tomato meter. It's pretty good with a thirty eight percent audience score. So it's one of the now it's it, I guess in the middle of the pack of the movies we've done on here. And Amazon four out of five on Amazon. Wow. Yeah. Uh, plot keywords: uh, <laughs> rape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Redneck. Uh, satire, which I don't get that one. Like, what? How is this a satire? Uh, human monster, and then I, the rest of the the uh, plot keywords are is basically just words are just mundane objects in the movie. Titty pillow, no <laughs> stairs, graffiti, Christmas lights, binoculars, exercise machine, TV. Like, like, really? You need all those as plot keywords? That's weird, yeah. Like, pl- those are just things in the movie. Those are things. <laughs> those are just things. It's like, at yeah. that point, like, okay, what's our plot? Uh, Twix cereal. Shoe. Grano. Right. <laughs> like, it's you like, know, shoe, like, grass, leaf. Like, right. it's, it's retarded. Yeah. Um, I think they had an apple once. Apple. Yeah, apple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, surprisingly, hippie was not one, which I don't understand <laughs> that. Uh, all right, let's move or on. Or cocaine. Or cocaine. Yeah, there you go, I mean, cocaine. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to trivia, and I was surprised about the amount of trivia they would find on this movie. Yeah. I didn't think I'd find much, but I did. Um, so, according to what I've dug up, the house used in the film was an actual house in the woods of Newton, New Jersey, and no one had lived there for 15 years prior to filming. The previous owner of the home was murdered there, apparently. Jesus. Um, now, take this for what it is, because this one I can't verify, but it showed up. So, prior to filming... 
a dead body was found in in the house. Now, that could be just be whoever was murdered there years and years ago was found in the house. Sure. But that was still prior to filming. It doesn't say if it was like, oh, like a week before they were filming, they found a dead hobo in there or something like that. It, they don't. They didn't <laughs> say that. Dead hobo choked on his beans. So uh, take that for what it will. Um, Charles Kaufman in the uh, director's commentary said that a very iconic thing happened during the filming of the movie. One of the actresses who played one of the victims and one of the actors who played one of the sons hit it off and started dating when not filming. Even though his character terrorizes and brutalizes her, concerned that neither would be able to pro- project the sense of terror needed, Kaufman asked him to postpone their relationship until after the film wrapped, which they complied with doing. Wow. I it does, who... Yeah, it doesn't say which which woman and which son it was. It just... Uh, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, Also in the director's commentary, Kaufman said that while shooting a scene, Billy Ray McQuaid, who played Adley, uh, also not his real name. <laughs> I was going to say, great name, Billy Ray McQuaid. Yeah, it's not his real name. Yeah. Um, was so hungover from drinking the night before that he threw up on Rose Ross' mother... <laughs> Naturally, the shooting scene had to be postponed. <laughs> That's awesome. I like Billy Ray McQuaid. And while we're talking about the names here, let me just mention this. Um, Billy Ray McQuaid, Ro- Ross Rose, and Holden McGuire uh, are names that the actors use, but none of them are the real names. They all, like, half the cast use different Stage names. Stage names movie. or, yeah, like, but, pen but names. But it's not like they have bad names. Like, Billy Ray McQuaid's real name is Michael McCleary. Uh,. Rose Ross is Beatrice Pons, and Frederick and Holden McGuire, who played Ike, is like I said, is Frederick Coffin. So it's just weird, like so many people use different names. Yeah, I, I don't know if just people. Just, and it's not like yeah. variations of their name, like oh, we're going to change spelling or shorten. It's like completely different names. Like well, instead of Marshall Hampton, I went by Alex Silver or something. I, I like, just some weird shit. I don't know. Make it, you know. I'm gonna call you Alex Silver from now on. <laughs> Welcome to Horror Horror. I'm Alex Silver. <laughs> Um, so the film was refused a UK cinema certificate by the BBFC in 1980, so it was not released and was not allowed to be in theaters. <laughs> um, the bear tur that Trina steps in during their trek in the woods was actually edible. The effect man made it from flour and other ingredients and even ate some of it to demonstrate its edibleness to the That's cast. Um, the movie's poster is a parody of the painting known as Whistler's Mother. It's actually a famous painting that yeah. you can see mm-hmm. in the history books. Um, 14 minutes of the film were cut in Germany in order to keep the film from having an X rating, which doesn't surprise me. Um, the woman with the dog at Trina's party in LA is Charles Kaufman's mother. While the man snorting cocaine at the party is Kaufman's father. <laughs> like, hey dad, I want you in my movie. What, what do you want me to do? I want you to snow cocaine. <laughs> you got it, son. <laughs> And the teacher in the slideshow during the overcredits is uh, Charles Kaufman himself. I was waiting because they, they did show one of them. They're like, ew. That was probably, I was yeah. like, that's probably um, so, you know inside joke. Yeah. Uh, Charles Kaufman wanted his brother Lloyd Kaufman, the founder of trauma, to be a part of this movie, but Lloyd rejected. And now, uh, most likely due to the fact that the original studio has gone out of business, the rights to Mars Day have now reverted and belong to Troma, which is why when you watch it now, it says a Troma production, but at the time, it wasn't. Ah. So it was not a Troma production, but now when you watch it, all of the re-release, it's, right. it has okay. a Troma. Yeah, because mine was, a, it was it was the 1980 movie, it was, but it had a, a 2012 re-release. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's 98, but it was a Troma production or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. in the beginning. But it was 
Just um, like they do with Poltergeist and Toxic Avenger. And yeah, and else. all that yeah. trauma mm. city skyline opening. Right. Um, the original, I don't know which team it was because all their production companies listed on this for this movie were Duty Productions and Sega Saga Films. Uh, so one of those, I guess, or both of them probably went out of business and rights went to trauma. Yeah. Um, because they didn't have the money to take a picture of the actor, uh, the crew had to use Bobby Cowan's headshot for the picture of Ernie during the scene at the EGO, which was on that banner behind him, which is weird. They didn't have money to take a picture to put on a banner. They just used the guy's actual headshot. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you touched on this. The punk sucks, disco stupid lines that are repeated by Ike and Adley um, – was a play on the debate going on in the world at the time, which was debating which music was better, punk or disco, because punk was just starting to come out. And yeah, disco was, disco was dying. Di- disco was yeah, dying. Disco was dying. Punk was coming up, and that's one of the reasons you know punk was so was such a such a violent shift from you know poppy disco. Yeah. Um, with that said, we get to play everyone's favorite game, the budget game. Oh boy. Yes, the budget. They spent how much? The budget game. All right. Aaron, what is your guess at the budget of the 1980 Mother's Day? They used some family, obviously. Well, for extras, I don't think you really count that, but all right. <laughs> Here comes my answer. Uh, $15,000. Wow. I didn't think you could go any lower than the actual budget of this movie, but you went... Way low. Really? Yeah, I, I I thought you would go or I was trying to go with nineteen eighties money. I know, I know. And you I mean technically you weren't I mean budget hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hundred and fifty thousand. My god, I was way up. Yeah. I was just surprised you actually went under that though. I thought you'd be like five hundred thousand, two hundred and fifty thousand. Well, I I've been I get fucked up this a lot. <laughs> That look like decent movies, and I guess, and it's like, whoa, whoa it's made for two dollars, you know? Like, God damn it, you know? Ah, I suck at this. It's all right. That's why it's fun. Because <laughs> you get to laugh at me, yay! Hey. Occasionally, you win things. Yeah, occasionally. I, I get it every once in a while. Whenever, hey, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut. Yeah. Aaron finds a budget. That was a weird sound. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <What's> your... <laughs> We're drinking beers, guys. Yeah, Sorry, drinking, I'm trying. I, it makes me. I'm trying very hard not to uh, get that. Throughout on. this episode, I have noticed a few belches coming from you. I, I just got to stop drinking beers when we do this because it's really bad. You need to stick with the hard stuff. It's a little yeah. easier on your stomach. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'll start going back to my uh, my scotch or my uh, whiskey, a bourbon. Anyway, so moving on to five star reviews. These special movies have a place in these special people's hearts. Five star reviews. And there were seven pages of five-star reviews for this movie. Uh, well, maybe it is a cult classic then. Maybe. Because, wow, seven pages. That's but some of these are kind of disturbing when you think. Like, to me, <laughs> to me, anyway. So from Electronics Yoda, faked my driver's license. A This is the name of the review first. This is the whole name of it. Faked my driver's license A to get in at 16. First horror movie I ever saw scared the bejesus out of me. Now the review itself. I'm seeking this movie out. I went for decades and couldn't remember what it was called. All I could remember from seeing it drunk at 16 in the theater. Sweet. Was some dude getting his head chopped off in the backseat of a car as the first scene right off the bat. The only other thing I could remember was some chick pouring old Crystal Drano down a guy's throat. I've got to see this again after 34 years later. I'm getting it. Five stars. Hmm. 
Someone had fond memories yeah. of that film. Uh, from Nathaniel Mosby. I was digging through the $5 bin at Walmart, and of course they had two movies in there with a million copies, and I dug to the bottom and found Mother's Day. It looked cheesy. I bought it mostly because Eli Roth stated on the front that is it is his favorite horror movie. I thought, I love Hostel, and anything he <laughs> recommends is probably awesome. I watched it as soon as I got home. I loved it within the first 10 minutes. The beginning is so clever. Five stars. Yeah, I, I mean, Eli Roth likes I can see how this could be an inspiration for people. I, I, it's like, I, again, if we're looking at it from 1980s perspective, is the opening really that clever? Kind of. Maybe. for, again, for age, But this was written in like the 2000s. Like he just bought this and so just saw it for the first time, like the modern day. To say modern day that the opening is that clever, like, eh, eh, not really. Yeah, but for 1980, I guess it would be. Yeah, but for the time of writing I'm, this review, I'm having I'm having issues with this movie, Marshall. Okay. I'm going back and forth quite I've, a bit. I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and from Hellseeker. I did include a star rating, but it's difficult for me, especially when others are relying on my opinion. Actually, it's and my opinion. Really, Hellsinger, get over yourself. I, I, I'm i not relying on your opinion. <laughs> so, Hold on, Marshall. Let's hear what he has to say. All right, all right. Let's hear what he has to say all first. Right, all right, let's see what he says. So all I can tell you is that I like the movie a lot because, one, it's a classic. Two, it's well-acted and well-made. Three, the female characters played great and their friendship really comes to life in the film. Four, it stands shoulder to shoulder with Day of the Woman, a.k.a. I Spit on Your Grave. That's, in short, why I gave this movie a five-star rating, but beware if you are sensitive to and dislike misogynistic content, then you should avoid this movie at all costs. Five stars. Yeah. I don't know if I... You have a really big opinion on yourself. You think people are that desperate and relying on your... Your opinions. Tell me, Hellseeker, what should I do about my... Buy- I'm looking at houses right now. Yeah. Let me know what's going on. do you have on. a podcast? Do you, do you have an article in the paper where we can write in for tips and advice from you? Yeah. I really need some Hellseeker advice. Hellseeker. <laughs> Hellseeker. All right. But Lisa R. Griffin... Man, we're dogging Hellseeker. That's yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I had the privilege of seeing this trauma in a theater, which wasn't a trauma at the time. Um, I was 13... Visiting my aunt in Wharton, Texas, a small town. My sis and I were the only two people in the theater to see the movie. <laughs> so a 13-year-old girl and her older sister, maybe younger sister, went and saw this. That's fucking hey. bad parenting right there. That, <laughs> that's fucked up. That would traumatize, I think, some girls at that age. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of rapiness going on. Yeah. Uh, from S. Ann, another girl. Great movie. This is all bold and caps, by the way. Great movie. My boyfriend, who is much older than me, decided to introduce me to this movie, and I already watched it twice without him. Afterwards, five stars. And your boyfriend wants to kill you. Get out. <laughs> How much older is your boyfriend? Yeah, he's older, and he shows you this. <laughs> so, what the you know, fuck? Light some candles, pour a little red wine. Let's you know. watch a rape movie. Let's, let's watch a, you know, kind of a sketchy movie. Yeah, right. Jesus Christ. And sw- last one from Swank Hood. One of my favorite horror movies from the 80s. It helped me get the horror comedy genre. This isn't a comedy! My mom and aunt and I watch it together. Five stars. What is going on in that family? I don't understand where the comedy aspect is coming from. I, I think maybe... Unless the, it's like the exercise scene. That's the only thing that's somewhat comedic about and there, it. There's the disco sucks, you know, disco stupid punk sucks kind of but that's argument. that's not that comic. And, and, and There's nothing... I don't see the comedy really in this movie i yeah. mean it's there's there's i guess kind of 
odder moments. Yeah, it's But if odd. you actually look at it and kind of see it, it's, it's like not it's comedy dis- at all. It's dark. It's pretty disturbing. And I just want to touch on the fact that her, she watches it with her aunt and her mother. I would not want to watch this movie with anybody I'm related to. Especially, <laughs> like, especially any of the female persuasion. I would not want to watch it with like my mom or my aunt. Because personally, my my side of my mom's dad's side of the family are very religious people. Would not want to watch it with them at all. And my mom, are you kidding? I don't want to watch a rape movie with my mother. Nah. Jesus. Doesn't these people like are fun. fucking crazy. <laughs> so that's that. Um, let's wrap it up. Uh, final thoughts, recommendations. Aaron, what do you got? I'm torn, man. I've been torn on this. So I'm actually, because I'm torn, because I'm going back and forth, because it was 1980 and because it was kind of cut from that same cloth of your Friday 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, you know, kind of that era. It's 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 a little lower budget. I'm gonna say so bad it's good. So bad it's good. Yeah, I mean it's it's worth a watch. I think it's worth a watch. I kind of like the bizarreness, the darkness. I don't really care for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I know a lot of people will be like, "Whoa, fuck you!" It's just not my style of movie. And when I first started watching this, I was like, fuck, it's going to be one of those movies where it's like torture porn. Yeah. I don't like that shit. Yeah. I'm not really into it. That's not my thing. But it, at least in, in, I was intrigued to the, pretty much the end. Yeah, uh, I agree. The, the whole torture porn genre, I'm kind of like over with. Like, I'm but like, just I'm, that it's style. Just, yeah, you know? it's like, eh. Um, but I, I agree with you. Like, uh, I, I in my opening, I compared this movie, like, it's very similar like, to Text Chainsaw Massacre. I spit in your grave and like, a little bit of deliverance all thrown into one. Um, but even though, like I said, we, we mentioned at the beginning, like, the first third movie just drags on. It's very slow. There's like a 10-minute flashback. It has no bearing on the movie whatsoever. But I, too, am going to say so bad it's good. It's not – and we might, like we said, it, even though it says trauma at the beginning of the movie. It's not a trauma It is movie. not a trauma. It's not like Poltergeist or Toxic Avenger or Nukema. It's not like that. This – this movie, for its time, tried to be like legit, right? Disturbing Scary horror movie. movie. Yeah, um, and yeah, some people might say like the the exercise scenes are a little comical or whatever, but uh, overall, it's really dark. It's very disturbing um, for especially for its time. And I do like the fact that Abby she just flicks the switch and she becomes a badass cold killer right. at the end of this. Yeah. Um, so I I too I'm just gonna say it's so bad it's good. Uh, it's worth at least one watch. To, yeah, you know, I would agree with that. And you know what? At the very end, I liked it. They add Queenie. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that was. It's like it added a little wah, you know, to the end of the movie. What the? What the? I would like fun. To, just for my sake, I just would like to see. Uh, I like to imagine that uh, after the free frame is over, what we don't see is just like Abby like pull out the uh, uh, car and just stab Queenie right through the neck with it. <laughs> Throw a a hatchet into her chest. And just walk on it. Mid-air stab, she dies. Or because she's 80 years old, when she lands, she just breaks Breaks into a million pieces. She breaks a hip. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap us up for our Mother's Day episode for this week. So we recommend it. Check it out. Uh, So, yeah, check check us out on Facebook. Um, And, yeah, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, let us know. Uh, On this episode or any other episode, just want to say something to us we, uh let us know on facebook you can also email email us at so bad it's scary at gmail.com um you can check us out on twitter at so bad it's scary our website is horriblehorrorpodcast.com 
Uh, and you can download and listen to us on Podbean at horriblehorror.podbean.com. And you can subscribe to us, five star, like us, do all the good sh- good stuff on um, iTunes as well. Uh, everything's free. We do this for fun. Check it out. Um, we will be back in a week with uh, another fun little turd festival movie, I'm sure. <laughs> so until then, watch more horror movies, guys. Peace right. out, movies. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye.